This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we have a goal, and that's to provide you with some really good information that we've thought through. We've, we've thought it out, and we're here on the streets experiencing it so we can give you that good local information. Um, and to help me with that today, I have Mr. Gary Carter of Mavoto Real Estate here. He's also a director for the Fresno Association of Realtors beginning in January. It, correct. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I'm looking forward to that opportunity for the local level and uh, working on the state level. And I think working with those two combinations can really ease into learning from the state and bringing it down to the local and utilizing some of the things I'm learning from the state level. One of my favorite stories about you is how you came to Fresno. Tell us about that. Mm, mm. You know, big baseball fan, of course. And, uh, you know, I was a walk-on Fresno State. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet Bob Bennett, you know, and he walked me in his office and he said, you're a fast guy. I like you on my team. Uh, but, you know, it, it it didn't work out that way. But, hey, you know what, I, I'm very fortunate I had a story to tell. And then he really shook my hand. And I stood out against all the recruiters at Fresno State. And I still to this day support the Bulldogs football, baseball, basketball, the whole athletic and academic program. Great. So you are not from the Fresno area? No, I'm not. I'm from the East Bay, Union City, Fremont area. So why did you stay in Fresno? You know what? You look at the different diverse here in Fresno. We'll talk about the affordability also. And then most importantly, I cannot forget, I met my wife at college. <laughs> oh, okay. That explains everything. <laughs> I had to tell you the truth on that. <laughs> and she wanted to live here, right? Yeah, she's from Clovis. She went to Clovis High. All right. Well, you made a wise choice, Mr. Carter. Thank oh, you, Don. Speaking of Mr. Carter, Professor Carter, you're also an adjunct professor at Fresno City College. Uh, what What does that involve? Oh, that's a great opportunity. I've been doing that for now, going on, what, 13 years? Uh, teaching the real estate principles and practice. These are prereq courses that you need to take before you take the state exam. These are realtors getting into this profession. Uh, and we just have guest speakers like yourself come in, Don. Thank you very much. Uh, like you were talking about, people that are hands-on, people that are out in the community that are doing the work that we're talking about here, right? Rolling up their sleeves. Uh, and, you know, these realtors need to hear that because it's not an HGTV show that, it's all, you know, diamonds and glory here. It's really hard work, and it's really consistent work. Mm -hmm. Whenever you've asked me to be a guest speaker there, I always thought it was because you just wanted the night off. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually I am in the back just listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. By the way, I enjoy doing that, so anytime. Thank uh, you. Uh, all right. Hey, let's get into some market stats because as I'm out showing properties, I see you walking up to show the same house sometimes, it, and we have had that happen. So mm -hmm. I know you've got a good gut feeling of where the market is going. So let me throw some local stats out. Now, 
this may be different in Jacksonville, Florida, might be different in Des Moines, Iowa, but here in the cities of Fresno and Clovis, here are the stats. So uh, right now there's 1,179 active residential listings in the Fresno, Clovis areas. Is that enough? You know, that's uh, what we were just talking about that. That's what less than maybe two months of inventory. So if that, if no other homes came on the market, then 1,100 homes will be gone in less than two months, less than 60 days. So we need more homes. We're, the state, we're already behind on home ability. We're 500,000 units are needed. Mm, today. Yes. Yeah. Good. We just haven't been building enough um, as a state, and there's a lot of regulations and cost factors behind that. But um, now this is kind of interesting. There's 932 pendings in escrow. So that means, to put it in another perspective, there's over 2,000 for sale signs out in front of houses right now, but almost half of them are already in escrow. That's, I mean, that's a great testament of our market. That's a great testament of the Central Valley. That talks about, you know, affordability. People still can't afford. People are still coming from different regions of the state down here also. And I think that we're going to be seeing maybe that number increasing as we get into 2020. Uh, go ahead. The Dan. number of pendings? And active, too. Okay. You know, I, I know active. I would gamble active. Okay. And, and, you know, it's interesting because about two to three months ago, there was a big news article saying that the California housing market is officially slow. Well, that doesn't seem slow to me when half your listings are in escrow. So that's great. Maybe they should rewrite that article. <laughs> you know, and we were watching the market and, and you're right, Don. It was, you know, slow in the beginning of the year and then it, it increased just slightly and then the last what 90 days it was slow then all of a sudden all of a sudden this third last fourth quarter it's ramping up and the pendings don't lie the numbers don't lie nine half so it's been increasing in the last month excuse me the last quarter okay and for any of you math majors out there that are listening we know it's not exactly half but it's pretty darn close yeah okay <laughs> um now you mentioned affordability uh, is one reason you chose to stay here in Fresno, although I think marrying your wife was probably the bigger one, like 99.9%, I hope. Best decision of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But on the affordability, um, the median selling price, so these are the homes, the 5,500 homes that did sell in the first three quarters, the median price was 280000 for Fresno and Clovis this year. That is up by $10,000 from last year. Last year it was at mm. 270. And here's kind of an interesting stat. If you go back 5 years, it was at 210,000. Mm. And if you go back 10 years to that tough tough year of 2009, it was 146,000. 146,000. Yeah, and now it's at 280, so you're up 134,000. And what was sold back then 10 years ago, you said, you pointed out earlier? Oh, okay. The number of sales was 5,881 compared to our 5,523 mm. this time. Maybe, you know, it, it's 
basic economics. The cheaper the homes, the cheaper the product, the more, the more it sells. Yeah. But here, here's something that's really interesting, and this is why, because if you remember back to 2009, um, it, it was tough out there in the market. It, it, there just wasn't this feeling of confidence. Well, and it could be that there was $986 million. So, so those 5,881 homes mm -hmm. represented $986 million in sales. Most of those were foreclosures. So yeah. the money escrow was mailing that check out to some bank in Texas or Maryland rather than staying in the community. Today, with actually 300 less sales, there is $1.7 billion. And most of that, I'm going to say, is staying locally because it's more of a local economy. Uh, very, very few foreclosures or short sales now. That's what I was going to say, more traditional sales. Yeah. Right? So I feel better about the market. What about you, Gary? Uh, you know, the outlook of it, I think that what we're, what we're going to see is going to be the lenders are already loosening up their guidelines a little bit already. We've seen that in the last six months. So what I'm saying is we're going to see more buyers off the fence coming on board. We already, I mean, I, I know I see it. I still see multiple offers. I still see a price range of $350,000 and under. Here in the Valley, prices are, uh, excuse me, homes are getting multiple offers. I still see, I just saw this over the weekend. I was I had to wait outside for another buyer who was with their agent inside. Now, what does that tell you? 15 years ago, well, well, the, the numbers you just gave were that 10 years ago, well, you wouldn't see that. No. Mm -mm. Right? So those are signs telling you that we're still in the strong market. We're still, buyers are still wanting to purchase. So, but yet you hear a lot on the news about, oh, the recession's coming. Um, the, uh, you know, there's been a downturn or we're officially in a slow market. You're not seeing that. No, I'm not. And our, you know, our economist, Leslie Appleton Young, you know, her, her 2020 housing forecast said, yeah, it's going to be a slower market, but still there's going to be sales. Still there's going to be moving because people are, are getting concerned about everything. People are concerned about the rates, the political race coming up. Uh, the market, the, the stock market, uh, the president's tweets. So there's so much concern. And I do believe if we stop the propaganda about recession is coming, recession coming, less people will be afraid, won't be afraid. And we'll have more of a better outcome if we stop psychological game we're playing. Yeah. And, you know, during the recession of 08, 09, 10, Fear was a big part of it, um, but also housing was a major cause of the recession. Well, the, not housing, but the loans that were made on housing were. Correct. But those loans aren't being made today. People have equity in their homes as opposed to back then. No, pe none. People were refinancing. Upside down. Yeah. Underwater was mm -hmm. the big term. Not too many people are underwater right now. They say the equity has raised, increased in your home. If you bought a home in the last five years, you have equity. And they say that's been increasing. 
So that's mm-hmm. great news. That's great news. All right. Hang on to some of these thoughts because we are going to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. I. Welcome back. Well, welcome back, Mr. Carter. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us is Professor Gary Carter from Fresno City College, also a realtor and a broker at Mavoto. And uh, the last time you were here, and that's why we're saying welcome back, you <laughs> brought approximately eight of your students oh, to the show. That was a great experience for the students to really... It was great for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the energy in here was live. It was... You know, they want some individuals want to talk to more. The only problem is they were all so young. Not one of them understood that bumper music of "Welcome Back, Cotter." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew who Vinnie Barbarino was. I had to learn that myself. I had to Google that myself too. You know, oh. everyone was saying "Welcome Back, Cotter." What are you talking about? And that's John Travolta. He had the nice afro. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's get back to stats because we were right in the middle of it. And, and we were talking about the affordability here because mm-hmm. it's $280,000. Um, you know, that can put a monthly payment in the mid-thousands, like $1,500, $1,600 a month. Um, so what, what, do you, what do you see elsewise, I mean, outside of this area? Uh, well, you compare it to what? The California, the state medium home price is 617410 uh, I mean, that's an all-time high for August. So when we talk about, you know, the Central Valley, the pros and cons of it, the number one is people can still afford to live here, right? People don't have to commute, live in Los Banos and maybe commute to San Jose for work and then come back to Los Banos. You know, you can live here in Fresno and then work here in Fresno. Because it's affordable still. And I think that the California state medium home price, that's just going to keep on increasing. I mean, it, really, the state of California is going to keep on increasing. I don't foresee prices in California decreasing at all. Yeah. And I've heard that from more than just you. It's actually what I believe, too, mm. from what I see. Yeah. So I think what it goes back to is when you see 280000 here, as a median price, 617, just two or three hours away, uh, before, you know, for the rest, all of California. By the way, our 280 brings that 617 down it, it, as far as uh, averages, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you were to take our Central Valley out of that equation, median prices, let's say, along the coast are probably 750. Yeah. yeah. So it is affordable here. So, People will always need homes, um, so maybe that's why we're not seeing a slowdown. Maybe that's why we're not seeing this um, recession that people are predicting. Oh, by the way, at that conference that that you're talking about with our chief economist, mm. Leslie Appleton-Young, mm-hmm. I loved one quote. Never put a forecast and a date into the same sentence. (laughs) Don't say we're going to have a recession in 2020 because, you you know, yeah, we're going to have a recession. It might be 2025, and it may not look like 2008. So, 
Um, here, here's a slowdown that we are experiencing, though, and that is if you were to go back to, um, let's say, 2009, 45% of the listings sold in the first 30 days. Last year, in 2018, 73% of the listings sold in 30 days or less. So, I mean, by 2018... Just it, one year. Well, no, no, I'm talking about from 2009 okay. to 2018. Okay. Yeah. So it, it really sped up. Things were going fast. Now we have slowed down. Now it's at 64%. So year to year, from 2018 to 19, it, it's taking 9% of the homes are taking a little bit longer to sell. Well, you have a couple factors. The first one is sellers are really thinking that we're still in a price range where it's kind of prices are kind of inflated. So what you're seeing is price reductions, a lot of price reductions now. That's the majority of the listings are getting price reductions. So if they're getting price reductions, what they're staying on the market a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. They're not getting more opportunities to be looked at because buyers now have a little bit more selection, believe it or not. And, and that's what we're going to be seeing in the year 2020, I do believe. You know, putting this into baseball terms, um, I see this as saying, well, in 2018, Aaron Judge hit more home runs than he did this year. But does anybody think that Aaron Judge is an easy out <laughs> in 2019? No way. The, you know, he hit less, but he's still hitting more than, than almost everybody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He may hit one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see some other statistics that are interesting. Uh, and actually, I kind of really want to hit home on that one about the dollar volume. So in, you know, in 2009, less than a billion dollars worth of homes turned. Uh, now 1.7 billion. So even though there's fewer homes sold, that means there's more equity. Correct. So no reason for a recession that involves housing. No, well, the equity has been, you know, like we were talking about the last five years and prior to that, equity has been increasing tremendously. Uh, you know, we we have an opportunity here in the Central Valley that no other place in the state has, right? That has this, uh, uh, our, they call it the bullet train, the affordable, uh, excuse me, the uh, transit that's coming. Bus rapid transit. Thank yeah. you. And even though that's not coming in the next couple of years, but that's down the road, 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever the case may be. And then second is we have developers who are coming here to our Central Valley and bringing the ideas they have down in uh, Southern California, down in Bay Area, right? Coming and hopefully building some of these shelter shelter homes for some homelessness individuals, and not even for that, affordable housing. And third, for move up. We see that the local developers are doing that exceptionally well. There's a plan out there in, De in Madera we'll talk about a little bit later on the tour that I experienced. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that because um, you had quite an experience there. Um, you know, I'm talking about going back 10 years and how we went from 986 million to 1.7 billion. I just realized this because I pulled 
stats from five years ago, which seems like yesterday, 2014. I know. I know. And I think by 2014, wow. most of us were wow. feeling really good. Like ah, we we, were. we're out of it. You know, we're, we're seeing good times now. And yet there was barely, barely over a billion dollars in sales. 1.06. So it only slightly improved from 09 to 2014, but now it has really grown to uh, in 2019. I think we took like a slower approach of getting out of that first uh, downturn of the market, and then we wanted to kind of make sure because I know there was a lot of people still hesitant to buy in 02, 013. Right. I mean, excuse me, 2012, 2013. They were still hesitant because, you know, you heard the stories. Uh, some majority of my friends, I don't care. We're not going to buy. We heard stories. My mom, they lost her. Home. I don't want to go through that. We're just going to stay here. They hear the stories and they re- remind them themselves. So I think that, you know, that's accurate there because it takes a it took a little bit longer. And you said it earlier, psychological for people to feel comfortable. Right. So 2015 booming, 16, 17. Now we're seeing those years where. The appreciation is really starting to kick in. Yeah. Now, let me make a prediction. By the year, by by the end of this year, there's going to be a new startup company called Carter Analytics. <laughs> and Gary Carter here is going to be making economic forecasts. So based on these stats, um, what, what, do you, what do you see 2020? <laughs> I'm hey, is choking that putting here. a little pressure on you? <laughs> yeah, I'm choking here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you see 2020 looking like? I still see 2020, a couple factors. First of all, we have the election coming up where stock market, uh, uh, all those factors, the interest rates, uh, the, you know, state of mind of people, of of the psyche mind of of concern, how is the market? And all that being said, I still believe that we're going to continue to have, you know, another strong year. It's not going to be as strong as it has been in the past. But you know what? When you when you see across the region, 40, 46% of individuals moving to L.A., 8% other, uh, 23 to 25% of people moving to Central Valley. That's good. Tw- under 30% in the Bay Area. I really feel that number of 25%, more people are going to move to the Central Valley. Yeah, and um, maybe we're not all going to be able to live by the ocean like like it was back in the 1950s. No, because we have so much regulation now, uh, you know, and that, and number two, the pricing. Yeah. Oh, prices are something else, especially for rent. Oh. Yeah. Um, over on the coast, um, I was talking to a client yesterday who rents in San Francisco. And a studio apartment goes for three thousand bucks a month it, it, in a good area. A studio for three thousand. Yeah. Just fathom that. Three. I mean, a studio. Yeah. So uh, that's a studio. You could buy a for three thousand a month. You could buy a what three thousand square foot home here, five bedroom, five bedrooms with a pool, brand new, your own yard, brand new, and small down payment too. You know, five percent down. In your, uh, and best part is a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage. Oh my goodness! So rates what rates are, we, are really affecting housing right now. It's least of 
you know, you can borrow money for cheap right now. Take advantage of it. Refinance, purchase, move up. The money is cheap right now, and I do believe it's going to be a little bit less cheaper in the next few months. So that's going to entice more people out there in the market for 2020. All right, so there's your best advice as we go to break. The uh, Rates are cheap. Take advantage of it. And with that, we're going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome welcome back back, to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Gary Carter. He is a broker with Movoto Real Estate here in the Fresno area, also a professor at Fresno City College, and um, turning out to be quite oh, oh, turning out to be quite knowledgeable because you just attended a California Association of Realtors meeting there, where they gave us some very interesting statistics. Can you share those with us? Yes. What we're looking at here is, you know, the population, California population in 1996 was what? 127 million, 100,027 million. And then we come in 2008, we have 39 million. So we know we're increasing by population. Now let's look at this. How about home sales? That same year, home sales, we're looking at 393,000, right? 983 home sales in 1986, 2018, there was 402,750 home sales, right? So, we so the, everything's up. Yeah, so we have the population increasing. Number two, we have the home sales increasing. Now, this, is a, this last portion is a very integral, important factor that California permits are not increasing as rapid as the population. The, so what that means is builders can't get the permits approved they can't get their uh, 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 developments approved so therefore that's lacking the home affordability that's lacking housing so in that um i'm, I'm kind of looking over the desk at your chart there that's a dramatic drop too in in permits yeah it is the, what, we're what looking, are the numbers we're looking at in 1988 we're looking at 255,559 right those are permits approved now we're looking at 2018, we only have 114,000. 114. Wow, that's a big difference there. Yeah. You know. That's a dramatic drop, um, almost half. So so today we're only building wow. half what we did back in 88, and yet the population is far more greater. And I didn't even, I wasn't, Don, you were in the business in the 80s. I got in here in 2012, so... I mean, tell us a little about that market in the 80s. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> no such thing as a shortage of homes. Wow. I mean, it, that's why it, I wanted you. I want to hear this. Okay, thank you. Um, you want to sit here in the host chair? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in the 80s and the 90s, nobody thought about a shortage of homes. Mm. I mean, it, it was. It, we didn't even think about multiple offers. It just mm, wow. really didn't happen. Um, a typical A typical listing was on the market for 90 days. 90 days. Oh, yeah. Three months just to get the one offer, and then you would negotiate. Uh, buyer and seller would negotiate. Uh, the buyer rarely looked over their shoulder like at other buyers wanting the same home. Mm. So supply and demand was truly balanced. Mm. Uh, there was, I mean, 
anybody that wanted to sell a home could sell the home, but they had to go through the process. Through the process. They had to clean the house up, fix the house up, present it properly, and be patient. What were the interest rates like? Oh, uh, for a while there, oh, back in the 80s, yeah. they were in double digits. Mm, mm. Uh, early 80s, 12, 15%. Uh, there was one point where they went as high as 17.5% for an FHA. But I'm going to say the average back then would have been 11 or 12. 11 or 12. Average now, we're talking about what? Three and three quarters? Four? Yeah. Right. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, and that certainly af affected affordability. Uh, oh, here was another thing back then, and this is a big thing about what the shortage of new construction means. Mm. Back then, if a landlord wasn't very nice to their tenant, disrespected them, raised their rents a lot, and you had a, let's say, an elderly tenant who had to be in a second or third story apartment, the whole thing was, we'll move. You just move to a place that where the landlord was good. Yeah. The landlord didn't try to gouge you on the rent. Brilliant, yeah. But now that's harder to do because there is a shortage of homes. And you can't put them off on the streets now. You can't. Yeah. They'll, you know, dispute that. So the short, the, the lack of construction also translates to rentals, not just sales. Correct. Correct. That's very important. You know, yeah. it, it took away one of the options that tenants had. If a tenant didn't like their situation, they could move. No, they can't. There's nowhere to go. They'll be on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when I was like 19 years old and the apartment manager said, Scordino, we're going to keep our eye on you because uh, it's a little noisy. in there." parties, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just one or two each week. <laughs> too many. <laughs> But I didn't like that, that the manager was going to be looking out. So I moved, you know, nowadays. And it, you found a place very easily, probably. Oh, yeah. 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 And then they found out about me. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't that bad. In fact, I was a homeowner by the time of 24. 24? It, 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 when I bought the first house, I remember the neighbor saying, oh, my God, there's a fraternity house moving in. Oh. <laughs> and we didn't disappoint them. There was. <laughs> oh, you were smart. You bought the house and had your, uh, your, 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 your frat brothers rent out the rooms. Nice. Yeah, yeah. However, there's a thing about respect. We went and told our neighbors, hey, we're going to have a party Friday night. I hope you don't mind. If there's a problem, let us know. Anyway, those people to this day are still clients of mine. No way. Yeah. I no way. They've seen you in the party days. Now they're seeing you in the non-party days. Hey, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> Jeez. <good. laughs> All right. So this creates a housing affordability problem. All of the, the stats here. So you were lucky enough to be able to take a yeah. tour of affordable housing in, the, in downtown Los Angeles. Mm. Tell us what that was like. That was really an eye-opener, uh, Skid Row, first time I've been there. They see the, on both sides of the streets, they see individuals, not just homeless, but, you know, psychological issues, uh, maybe some drug issues. But for them overall, they don't have a shelter, and they're using, and this is, and this is becoming, uh, you know, up and down the state issue. 
and it's bleeding over into other states, as you will see. Uh, I had the opportunity to come on, you know, a, a couple of uh, um, stops. The first one was a, called the Star Apartments, where they had like 102 uh, shelters, and all of them occupied. All of them occupied. And they have counselors on site. They have case managers on site. So it helps out the individuals there. Uh, and then now, it, you say shelters. Are you talking tents or are you talking about a building? Uh, I'm talking, excuse me, I'm talking about, thanks for the clarification, a building and they have their own uh, studio. So that everyone has their own little studio. Okay, so nothing large or elaborate. No. But certainly better than the tent outside. And it's their own. And it's their own, you know, and mm-hmm. it's their own. And what also I've seen is it's called pod sharing for profit. These commercial buildings turning into shelters for the homelessness, right? And there's also have, you know, and what happens is the individuals are on a low cost because the landlord works out with this profit company, investor group, and then they have a breakdown for the for the homeless individuals. And they have quotes all the way around, motivational quotes. They have turn off. If it's not being used, turn off the drive, turn off the lights. And it's and it makes sense. It's a field of a responsibility, right, of ownership, number two. And, you know, when you go home and you feel like, you know, oh, I had a long day. Now I'm going to my sanctuary. We all have that feeling. I mean, just imagine if you're a homeless and you don't have that and you have this shelter here. You know, you, you, you feel of some type of organization. You feel a part of a group. Even You just made me think of something. Even just the privacy. You know, it may not yeah. be elaborate, but to know that you're going to your own studio place mm-hmm. where you've got, you know, 400, 500 square feet, that's your own. When you go home that night, you know that's you're the only one going to be there. When you're on a street corner or under a, a bridge somewhere, mm. how do you know someone else isn't going to come and take your, your spot? You're absolutely right. And then she talked about also the people on the streets, they're living, you know, you talk about aging, they age very quickly when they're on the streets living. They age quickly because you're on, like you said, you're moving, you, you, you know, it's not comfortable, you know, I mean. Just the anxiety uh, would have to decrease your, your lifestyle yeah. and life expectancy. Yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true. Some of the neighbors, you know, are having, you know, not in my backyard or pushback for individuals not building facilities like that in their city or in their neighborhoods even so these buildings you went to were they in downtown la yes somewhere downtown la correct throughout the city what what did they look like were they one-story places 10-story or uh this one was a two-story apartment complex yeah they turned it into this yeah and this and the other one we've seen was uh this pod sharing it was like a commercial building and then you have like maybe 20 people in there and everyone had their like kind of cubicles like in an office, right? But okay. they but they had room in there for a bed, you know. And and pretty much that's it. You, you had, there are different rooms where you have a TV and you have to share. So that was that an existing commercial building yes. that they transformed into this pod sharing place. Correct, correct. And it's called the DLTA. It's down there. It's a co living across our social networks of location. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, no security it, deposit they asked for, no background check, 
right? No proof of income they have. They don't ask for none of this, Don. So therefore, anyone can come in. You know, they're always full. And yet, there's not enough of them because the city of Los Angeles has a tremendous homeless issue. Very they, much. And yet, they have some really good ideas like that, turning commercial Correct. space into pod sharing. How, how big were those pods, would you say? Because you, you said like cub, uh, cubicles in an office. Uh, hopefully uh, bigger than that. Ten, you know, yeah, I don't know, 10 by maybe 14, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I want I, I, I want to mention that the city sees this as a positive. They're working on that because when you have homeless in their businesses, people are afraid to go to the businesses and the business get closed down. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's another issue that we're seeing. And hopefully these ideas will help bring other cities onto this and we'll learn from it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. We are going to go to another commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, where our guest, Gary Carter, had no idea the mic was on, so everybody got to hear that you were singing oh. just now. <laughs> catchy music but um please yeah keep your day job as a realtor you're not gonna make it as a singer <laughs> all right i tell us of you we were talking in the last segment about this tour that you went on again uh, through the california association of realtors um uh put on i think that was put on by the housing affordability yes, group correct all right and, and so you got to tour downtown los angeles but you've done other cities tell us about that uh the one indio was uh, really how could you think down in palm desert palm springs where's the affordability at you know yeah down there everyone's golfing everyone's just relaxing in their shorts and sunglasses <laughs> and 120 degree heat oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah but believe it or not there were some you know affordability uh, projects being built down there. There were a lot of down there. There are a lot of the investors who are working with nonprofit organizations. They're coming together, and there's a portion of investors who are just building. So down there, it's kind of different. They're allowing the investors to build these shelters, you know, and and some of them there's requirements of income. There's some requirements of house house families too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So down there in Indio, which is kind of a, it's at the bottom of the Palm Springs area. So it, it's easy to commute. Like maybe if you're going to work at a resort, you could live in Indio, but it's also a farm farming area, agricultural area, a lot of date palms. Um, so it's close by like Fresno and Clovis too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see because I was with you on that bus trip yes. in, in Indio. We did not see money. You know, Indio was different than Palm Springs. It was, um, but but yet, it, it affordability was a big issue there. Um, you would think it would be a lot cheaper than Palm Springs, Palm Desert, but. It was still up there with the prices. 
Yeah. The, the prices were still high. Probably because of commuting. And, and I, I got to go back to that stat that you gave earlier about California per building permits being mm. half what they were more less than half of what they were 30 years ago. So uh, that's got to affect Indio also. Yes, it does. And, and Fresno. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that actually was, I think politics has a play into that too for the permits not getting approved mm -hmm. with the builders. And Indio, another project where we've seen where they had facilities there and they had, because uh, we actually walked on one of the programs where they had the daycare facility there for you. Uh, and they had some incentive programs. Remember the one that had the solar on there? Oh, yeah. So the developers are getting some, and the city is really, so everyone's getting these incentives that are helping everyone out too, the overall. So they're not really, uh, they're building these, they're building these units. What is it, the green? You, you know, energy efficient housing, solars on there. And these are, my goodness, the places on there, they were pretty better than some you know, regular residential homes. Yeah, yeah. And you know where you said the, the lack of building has something to do with politics. I have to agree with you. I mean, there's a local builder here who was telling me that before he breaks ground, and uh, by the way, a big builder mm -hmm. building a lot of homes, mm -hmm. Fresno and Clovis, um, he says it takes eighty as much as eighty thousand dollars per home before he puts a shovel in the ground. So that's mm. just in environmental studies that are required by some of the new laws that were not required back in nineteen eighty eight. Impact fees, uh, development—they—they've got to put in much and of the those infrastructure. Fees are increasing. Yeah, uh, school bonds that they got to pay. So yeah, eighty thousand dollars. So how do you build an affordable home? In fact, it, here's the the funny part of it: there is a bill in Sacramento right now that says that uh, lo local municipalities can no longer require more impact and um, development fees on affordable homes than free market homes. Okay. So so I guess what, uh, you know, the free market homes, it's going to cost $80,000 for all of this. If a developer says, hey, I'm going to build this project that's affordable, so, you know, and, and targeted towards people with lower incomes, all of a sudden the fees jump to $100,000, $120,000. Per unit doesn't make sense. That's backwards, right there. Right. Why? Why shouldn't it be the same or lower? Yeah. Exactly. And then people, you know, you said the state people are moving out of the state. Where are they moving to? Uh, I was wanted to add that real quickly. You know, we have our our economist. She says they're moving to what? Texas. Where are my notes at? Texas. Uh, well, I, re I remember back when I was a kid, everybody was moving to California. There was no. the big song, California, Here We Come. No, they're moving out of California to Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Texas. So we really, you know, the bottom line, California is still, the state 
really where a lot of things we are at just hours away. Mm -hmm. The beaches, you talked about that earlier, right? The mountains, we're close right here by the mountains, right? So I, hopefully, you know, our state won't be, as they're saying, that we are still the golden state. I do believe we're still the golden state. Great weather. Oh, you don't, oh I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I, it, and yeah, people say, oh, Fresno's hot. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, move to St. Louis and see how hot it is there with all the humidity oh. or, or anywhere on the East Coast. You think it's cold here or dreary in the winter? Try Minneapolis. Yeah. And, and, and then throughout the day, you have four different seasons in one day. <laughs> here, you don't. Yeah, there, there's so many good things here, and and even in Fresno, Clovis, where you're close to everything, you're close to snow-capped mountains, beaches, big cities, and, of course, Disneyland. Oh, God, I love that. Love that. That's right. Now, I see you got a brochure here on a tour that you did in Fresno. Yes, yes. I was got the opportunity to uh, do a, you know, a, a tour in Fresno, their first one uh, headed by Fresno State. This is their first annual. And we went to, oh, we learned about, you know, Fresno, Clovis. Uh, there's a brewing district here. There's two more. There's seven total. There's two more coming. Uh, the brewer district is downtown. Uh, that's an upcoming area. We have uh, the housing authority is building a 57 units down there. It's a, it's a multi-complex. Bitwise is part of that also as you know bitwise has been a huge part of the downtown uh they offer classes there they offer to different individuals to come in their business opportunities uh this also it talked about chinatown how chinatown is you know going into uh reconstruction also uh merchants you know more merchants uh, what we're going to see now we're going to see you know merchants working and then we're going to see living quarters up top and that's what and that's what you know they're trying to do towards this downtown compared to like an LA or Bay Area and that's commonly called mixed juice correct which mixed, is yes. a new concept here mm -hmm. however it's an old concept when I went to my mother's hometown in southern Italy and this is before they had running water mm. in her, their apartments there I visited my aunt and uncle no running no. water and yet down below was their clothing shop and they lived in the second and third story above it. Um, and so, hey, commute time was... Wow. Zero. Well, there was 15 <laughs> oh, stairs, <yeah>. steps. <laughs> but, but um, well, you're yeah. right. Mixed use, mixed zoning, yes. Right. And, and it just seemed to make a lot of sense. And now we're bringing that more back to here. Hopefully, we'll have more of that, you know, mm -hmm. more of that. Yeah, I like the downtown area here, how it's you're getting housing here. Mm -hmm. We have some of that mixed use right down the street on Fulton where there's mm. office buildings downstairs and people have can live on top in the second and third story. So that's that's fantastic. So all this said that all the stuff we talked about today, what's your best real estate advice for our listeners out there? Best real estate advice is look. Our CEO, Joel Singer, says in 2019, 91% of residential sales were assisted by a real estate licensee. We are very important. We know the integral part of it. Trust us. And 
we are your best advocate. I like that advice because um, when you go on the internet and you get advice there, you don't know that, that it pertains to your locale. You don't know that it even pertains to your situation. Don, thank you for having me. I'll come back again anytime. All right. And, and thank you. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in on Saturdays to ESPN 940 Welcome Home Radio. Thank you.